Welcome back to another episode of the student section. Today, I'm here with uh, two of my friends, two uh, different mindsets in college basketball. I have an Illinois fan and a Baylor fan. So we got some, we got some Big Ten comp and some Big 12 former national champion fan. Um, but today, we're not talking about the NCAA directly. We're talking about the Overtime Elite League that has been recently gaining some popularity and the NBA G League that took some highly touted prospects from the NCAA. So uh, first I'm gonna talk about Baylor and how they're gonna miss out on some future recruits. So Baylor's in Texas, as we all know. Uh, Texas breeds very good college basketball players. They had uh, Isaiah Todd was from Texas. Uh, there's a guy, Greg Brown, he was from Texas. There's a bunch of guys from Texas. Baylor, after winning the national championship, can lose out or they're in the race for higher rated recruits now. So there's gonna be five stars that before this year maybe weren't looking at Baylor, but after the national championship, they're looking at Baylor. So Marco, is there anybody on Baylor's like board or on their recruits that could be in danger of falling to the NBA G League or the uh, the Overtime Elite League? Uh, I think so, especially because of how much popularity it's gaining. And I think it could take away from a lot of these teams' opportunities, especially like you said, Baylor, just because they're, you know, they just gained recent publicity and popularity from winning the national title. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, after winning, they got, I'm pretty sure they, they got Kendall Brown, who was, he was new, uh, and then he ended up signing there. But if they don't win, all of his crystal balls were for Kansas. So before he went to, uh, before uh, Baylor kind of went off, he was looking like he was going to go to, uh, to uh, Kansas, but they win. And then he, uh, I mean, he's straight from Wichita. So that's that's a W for uh, for Baylor there. Um, on Michigan's side, the first year of the NBA G League, they lost out on a huge player, Isaiah Todd, five-star crew. He was committed there. And a couple days before National Signing Day, he decided to decommit and he was gonna go to the NBA G League, which he made around 700,000 a year. He was the second highest paid player out of the, the four recruits that ended up going there. Um, there's a lot of attraction going there because seniors can straight out of high school make six figures sometimes. I mean, maybe they could get into the seven figure range, um, especially if uh, Jalen Green got paid around 800,000 a year. Uh, you can definitely see those numbers inflate, but uh, that could also play advantage to, uh, no, not necessarily a smaller school, but a less looked at school in uh, Illinois. And, you know, Illinois had, uh, they have uh, three, four stars right now, and they have a couple transfers coming there, but they also have some guys leaving. Um, do you think, uh, Joey, do you think this plays to uh, Illinois' advantage that these are gaining some traction? Or you know, I do because I think that Illinois' 2021 recruiting class is very strong. There's no you know top 10, top 15 players, but there's some really 
just rock solid, good recruits. You know, Brandon Podziemski, kid out of Delafield, Wisconsin, really good shooting guard, really highly recruited. He's gonna fit into the system perfectly. Yeah, RJ Melendez, kind of kissing me, Florida, who's you know undersized. He's a forward, but he plays like he's a lot bigger. He can shoot the ball. He can play defense. You know, these are kids that aren't necessarily top 20, top 15 recruits, but they're kids who are going to walk right in to Underwood's system and be contributing factors into this team. And I don't necessarily believe that they have a risk of falling to one of these other leagues. So when you have these other bigger schools um, that have kids that are possibly thinking about committing and then drop down to these leagues to get paid, it's helping Illinois because their team is staying at the same strength while the other teams are decreasing in strength. Yeah, absolutely, because you can see teams like, uh, I mean, the the consistent Duke with their their recruiting class of three five stars this year. They, I mean, they have some highly rated guys. Uh, Paolo uh, Bantro, he's the second ranked guy in the nation right now, and he is looking at the uh, he's looking at the uh, at the G League right now. I mean, when you're the second-ranked player, the G League is going to throw you some money. I mean, Jalen Green, he was the number one on uh, 24-7. Yeah. They threw him $850,000. So, I mean, when you got yeah, another guy that's... It's millions for kids. It's unreal. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, they could either go to school, have a full-time job, essentially two full-time jobs in school and in the basketball team. That's... That's tough, but then when you have one full-time job and you're actually making money, it's pretty enticing. But uh, with the overtime league, it's different because you have 16 to 18 year olds. You have juniors to freshmen in college. Those, that age range, and it's essentially just kind of preparing you for the NBA draft. And you know, you go from your sophomore year to your junior year, but it forfeits your eligibility assuming that at least for two, three more years, uh, college athletes will be unable to make money off their, off their name. That removes their, uh, their college eligibility. And two five-star twins, 20, class of 2023, uh, they already said they'll be playing in that league next year. Assuming overtime can get some competition for them, they will follow through in that league. But you know, if, if more high schoolers are doing that, how do how does a how does a big school like Baylor, you know, do they lose out on a higher rated on a higher rated guy, or do you think they they could possibly like sneak somebody in because you know something falls through the cracks and you know something just happens a recruiting class gets full, say like a Kansas has their entire you know class, but then there's a five star that was trying to get in the league, something fell through, and then they're left with a, a choice of you know, a little bit smaller of a school in Baylor, but still a big enough school to land a five-star. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, well, I think that it doesn't take every single or most top recruits off the board because I think they're, it's just based off of the person's perspective. If they don't really think that college is right for them and they think that they can make some good money before getting into the league and getting some, you know, still some top level experience, then it'll take a decent amount of guys away who kind of want to stick down that road but I think there are a lot of kids that still want to have something to fall back on, possibly maybe even finish college, but most are one and done, but they still wanted to get some sort of education. So I think it just depends on what road they want to take, but I don't think it takes all top players off the board. So I think a lot of them still want to go through college. Right. And I, I agree with that because 
it's, I mean, ultimately it is up to the recruit and the recruit's parents to make this decision. Uh, some, you know, kind of have a, a feeling there's Amani Bates. I mean, when you look at him, he could probably go into the league and be a solid bench player right now, maybe even a start. And he's ready to just go into the G League, make $800,000, and then go into the NBA ready as can be. Or he, I mean, before he committed, uh, decommitted to Michigan State, he could have went through the college route, you know, kind of bored himself out in school, not really like kind of taking paper classes, which you don't know paper classes is. It's just classes that you don't really have to do anything. The coaches kind of just fill out that you've been in class essentially, and then you pass and you just get through the school year, which is what a lot of college athletes, all sports, mainly basketball and football, but that's what they do. But you look at you look at some uh, lower level guys, you know, people that are uh, three-star recruits. Do you think that plays advantage to them because the five stars are going to get, you know, get the bag in, uh, you know, in the G League or playing this overtime league benefit or uh, forfeiting their uh, college eligibility? Like, do you think that plays advantage to to a big school, to a small school? What do you, what do you guys think? I think it's tough. Um, I think probably it goes to the advantage of the smaller schools. It doesn't have to be tiny schools because it's still be these big time schools like Illinois, like Minnesota, just not talking about like the Kentuckys and the Dukes of the world because, you know, your kids that you're recruiting aren't necessarily in this, what seems to be maybe top 25, maybe even a little more limited than that, you know, group of recruits that are, that are really being, you know, influenced and, you know, just being told that the G League could be a great option for them. Um, and so I think that, like, essentially, when you have these kids that aren't in that range but are still, you know, phenomenal basketball players, kids that are going to come into the program, like I said earlier, they're going to make a difference right away, you're going to be advantaged because you're not losing your kids. The bigger guys are losing their kids. And it's another component to this is, is the NBA draft in that, you know, thinking back to when, these kids out of high school are deciding, okay, you know, do I commit to a college? Do I go to the G League to try and make some money? You know, how does your decision you make in high school affect where you potentially end up in the NBA draft? I think that's a really interesting question, and it's something that we're going to have to see more over time. But I think that it's something that's going to be very prominent over the next few years and something to look out for. And, uh, Marco, what do you what do you think about that? I think I, I agree with Joey that it levels out the playing field for these smaller teams because – most of these big name teams like Baylor, Gonzaga, some other teams like that, Illinois even, um, they had some pretty big names on there and they kind of just dominate the court when they're on there and they know how to work with their teammates. And it kind of just puts those smaller schools that aren't able to get uh, the you know some big players, some big names out of high school. And it gives them a better chance to you know be better in the season and level out the playing field. But at the same time, I don't think that, you know, all of these prospects are going over to these uh, the G League or whatever the case may be. I still think that um, most of these top prospects will still be on the board and most of them will probably still choose these big schools. But if most of them do go to um, these leagues, then it would level out the playing field definitely for the smaller schools. Yeah, and I mean, you saw a couple of years ago, you saw a guy named Darius Baisley go through the G League route 
and he was one of the first guys that I can remember personally that went that took that route and it's very slowly gained a track or very quickly actually uh sorry about that gained attraction and gained recruits and I think I think that to your to your guys point it does even out the playing field for even mid-majors like you know a Murray State when they have like a superstar athlete that just kind of takes over the college basketball world but it also helps out like a Northwestern, a uh, Indiana, um, schools like that that are on the lower level recruiting side of a, of a big power five school, it, it helps out and it, it really evens it out because out of the, the three five stars that are going to uh, big 10 schools, Michigan and Michigan State have all three. So that's that's just something that like, makes it and when there's less five stars they're gonna float over to uh dukes kentucky's kansas's those types of schools but it does make it pretty interesting for uh everything else i would say uh and to wrap it up uh if you were a prospect right now would you a go to the overtime elite league which you can join around your sophomore or junior year it's not entirely clear uh make about a hundred thousand dollars play against top competition in high school and then go straight to the or after a couple years go into the nba or would you rather go to the nba g league make six to seven figures a little bit higher on that scale go there for one year play nba veterans and nba uh you know not not like the trash guys, but people that aren't yet there that are still developing, hence uh, G League. It's Now it's Gatorade League, but it used to be the D League, which is the development league. Uh, if you're a prospect, if you are the number one overall prospect, what are you doing, Marco? Um, I'd probably finish up high school, then I'd probably go to the G League because you can make some good money and you're still playing top high-level competition just because some of these guys, whether veterans or guys who just couldn't really get their foot in the door, you know, just, you know, how well they played in the NBA, they're still top level players and they still know how to play basketball and they'll give you a rough time. And I think, you know, being exposed to that level of competition at such a young age can benefit you. And on top of that, you're making pretty good money. Well, very good money, I would say. And if you really don't think that, you know, an education is right for you because this is what you're dedicated to, then I would definitely say G League. Yeah, you know, I think that going to the G League would definitely be the most efficient choice and probably the choice that makes the most sense as you go, all you do is play and train and make money and get better. It's basically like a stepping stool to get to the NBA, even more than colleges. But if I'm the number one recruit, I'm going to play Division I college basketball for these few reasons. One, I can go to essentially any school I choose, and I would think that there would be a place I'd really like with other players and coaches that I would love. Number two, you know, I would assume you're a competitive guy and you want to fight for something. You want to, you know, just the legacy and just like the mysticness of March Madness and just this, the national spotlight that that can put you in that really the G League can't. I think it's just something special and something that, you know, won't be recreated by the G League for a long time. And so, you know, I think that as the number one overall recruit, I would go play in college. Um, but I can definitely see where Marco's coming from. 
I think that in terms of just overall efficiency, the G League would make more sense. Yeah. They're both good options. They're both good options. Yeah, and I, I agree with Joey, actually. I, I would also go, I would take the college route considering, you know, there's no other atmosphere like a college basketball or football game. You know, that the, having the whole school behind your back, especially being a five-star recruit, you're going to get minutes. You're going to start. And yeah, exactly. Kind of do what Jalen uh, Suggs did, which was go to a school and, I mean, they, they did lose in the national championship, but for the entire year, playing behind your team just – you know having a blast that's that's something that the g league can't present because there's there's not that fandom around the g league at least yet but i i mean yeah out of the two the overtime league and the g league i'm definitely taking the g league but with college in play i'm definitely going college um that wraps up the episode uh thank you for listening here with joe messina and marco singaretto see ya